the sequel to the critically acclaimed movie Inception came out last week, this time around featuring Leonardo DiCaprio's intrepid band of dream intruders implanting an idea in Ellen Page's character's brain, namely the idea that she is actually a man. In a classic case of life imitating art, the actress formerly known as Ellen Page has announced that she in fact identifies as a man and asks to be henceforth referred to as Elliot. This means Elliot went from being a gay female married to a woman to your run-of-the-mill straight white male, which means she's no longer allowed to have opinions about anything without someone bringing up the fact that she's a straight white male. Wait, sorry, she's she's trans, so it doesn't work like that? Huh. <laughs> Health experts across the continent are attempting to cancel Christmas. America voted in a reality TV star to be their president. And after four years of surprisingly good policy, record unemployment and support amongst minorities, a rip-roaring economy, and a subsidy program unleashing a vaccine for the novel coronavirus in record time, America seems to have voted him out because character matters. And he's kind of a twat. Provided the current litigation regarding election fraud doesn't pan out, they will have voted to replace him with Joe Biden, a geriatric pedophilic dementia patient with a 47-year political history of accomplishing precisely nothing, except using his son and his position as former vice president to funnel dark money to his family from Chinese and Russian companies. Serving as his VP will be Kamala Harris, a woman who slept her way into power as a 29-year-old woman having an affair with 60 years old and married Willie Brown. She has a long history of extending the prison sentences of minorities in order to use prisoners for state labor, but thank God we'll finally have people of character back in the halls of power. North of the border, the Canadian Liberal government survived its non-confidence vote, condemning Canadians for the time being to suffer through the rest of Justin Trudeau's time in office. Justin Trudeau was overheard wistfully hoping that the clouds of hairspray surrounding him like an aura would be enough to blind Canadians to the wee charity scandal, his government's endless lies, finance violations, and utopian aspirations for the great communist reset. I'm Patrick Jolliker, and this is the Hemlock Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hemlock Podcast. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, jumping on, and watching or listening, whatever you're doing. Um, my apologies for the wait between episodes. Um, just newly married man trying to figure out life and work and marriage and all that stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll be consistent, a little more consistent uh, moving forward. But got a fun episode planned today. We're going to talk about covid we're going to talk about the elections, just like what the hell is going on in the world right now. It's kind of crazy and fun. And yeah, I think I think my response to it has been um, kind of the theme of this podcast, right? Irreverence and joy. Um, yeah. Think for yourself and examine things critically. And uh, and it's a fun time to be alive. Don't let it uh, don't let it get to you too much, um, whether it's politics or COVID or, or whatever it is. Um, there's a lot of hope and a lot of humor, and um, and I know there's a lot of tragedy and, and things that people are scared about, but um, but a lot of that is up to you to not to not face it with that kind of attitude. So we're gonna have fun today. Uh, we're gonna talk about some serious stuff, but we're gonna have a good time doing it. And uh, good to see you back. A couple things before we jump in. Um, we're actually going to talk a few of our topics today. Uh, we had some contributors jump. I'll be posting on Facebook and Instagram here and there, Twitter, 
parlor, all that kind of stuff. Um, just looking for people to comment and contribute, right? I don't want this show to just be my voice. So uh, if you see me post on, if you're not following, first of all, on like Facebook, Twitter, parlor, it's, I think it's, it's called parlay. It's a French word for talk, right? Everyone, Americans all call it parlor, but anyways, uh, so yeah, parlor, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Um, give us a subscribe, follow, all that kind of stuff. That stuff helps a lot, especially in YouTube. I don't know what happened. We got found by like just a bunch of angry people right away on YouTube. So like the comments are just a toxic gong show on YouTube. So uh, so yeah, if you if you feel like having some fun, jump in the comments on YouTube. Throw throw some likes and comments our way. Uh, maybe we can bring some positivity into those uh, into those comment sections because they're a nightmare right now. Um, yeah, and then some things that would help support us. So if you go to uh, the hemlockpodcast.locals.com you can become a financial supporter that's huge um my wife is waiting for the, those numbers to get bigger um because it helps us eat food um and uh and my dog too who's down there right now uh, Rogue, you want to come say hi not really um <laughs> dad how are you going to feed me um supporters at the hemlockpodcast.locals.com that's how so uh <laughs> we'd really appreciate that if you believe in what we're doing um that that actually frees the time i wouldn't have to work so much in my day job so i could do this more um so i'd appreciate that um you can also leave us a five-star rating on itunes that helps us out a lot with the charts helps us get seen a little more um so if you haven't left us a five-star rating already uh some of those angry people jumped in and left me one-star ratings right away <laughs> and i think i know who a few of them are so if we could balance that out with some uh some voices of reason that'd be really appreciated also if you use the links to the stuff we're talking about in the podcast down below uh to buy those that helps support the podcast at no extra cost to you Okay, so we're going to start off today talking about COVID, which is everyone's favorite topic. I know we just can't stop. It's all we talk about these days. So we're going to keep that ball rolling. Um, shout out to my friend Natasha um, on Instagram for, for suggesting this. Um, and she kind of broke down, she brought up how some of the current restrictions may or may not align with the like Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, stuff like that. I'm going to use British Columbia. Uh, that's the province I live. That's a state for, uh, for those of you in the States. Um, we up here in Canada call our, call our states provinces because we want it to be different. Um, but I wanted to use us as a bit of a case study. Bonnie Henry, who is our, our provincial health officer, she, uh, provincial health minister, sorry, what the hell is she? <laughs> I don't know what she is. <laughs> Anyways, whatever her title is, she's like the big wig in charge of COVID. Um, but um, she basically came on this Monday, yesterday, uh, being Monday. Today is Tuesday the 8th, um, saying that the current restrictions uh, would stay in place past Christmas. And I'll get into what those restrictions are in a sec here. But I want to break down some of the numbers here, right? So there are 5.147 million people in the province of British Columbia, right? Let's call it 5.1. Five, right? 5.1 million people. Um, now, in her address to the people, first of all, she said hundreds of people are in hospital with COVID, right? That precise number, by the way, is 349 people as of Tuesday, December 8th, right? Uh, so like, that's like the bare minimum to be qualified. Look, that's like the bare minimum to be referred to as hundreds. There's hundreds of people in hospital, 349, right? That's like, that's 150 people away from not even qualifying as hundreds, right? Um, so let me qualify this by saying 
Look, I know people who have lost people to COVID. It's not something I don't treat seriously, right? I mask up where I'm told to outside. I, I social distance, all that stuff. I'm not disrespectful or, or an idiot around the COVID restrictions. Um, but I just want to put this stuff in perspective for you, right? Because Bonnie Henry, when she came on, and for the most part, I really respect Bonnie Henry, right? She did a, She's done a great job so far keeping the restrictions pretty lax. BC has had a record low number of COVID cases and deaths compared to the rest of the world, right? It's been really good. Um, there's a bit of a spike now. What's interesting is that the, the current spike in cases almost exactly mirrors the current spike in testing because testing has increased a lot. So we're just finding more cases, if you, if you ask me. So NBC, basically, I'll just break down the numbers. This is our capacity for our healthcare system in British Columbia. We have 5,610 acute care beds. Uh, we have 206 ICU beds across the province, and we have 384 ventilators across the province, right? So let me break down the numbers here. Um, in British Columbia, which, like I said, is a province of 5.1 million people, we have, oh, the number went up in the last half hour here. We have 352 people in the hospital. In a province of 5.1 million people, 352 people in the hospital, 74 are in critical care, right? Since March, we have 543 deaths. And everyone says, like, one death is too many. And I agree with that. But it's also not something that grounds you. It's not a phrase that grounds you in reality. One person's too many. So, okay, so how many freedoms are we going to give up to prevent just one death? Like, it's an emotional appeal to ask you to sacrifice freedoms. Things like wearing a mask isn't as big a deal as I think some people are making it. Um, but being forced to wear a mask is dehumanizing for people. You see record amounts of depression and suicide and stuff across because we don't talk to people. We don't treat people as human anymore. I've had this personal experience. You don't, when you can't see most of someone's face, you can't read their emotions. You can't connect with them. It does a lot to hamper human connection. And you can see that's all reflected in, in alcohol and drug abuse rates, rates of suicide, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that is a serious thing we need to take into consideration. But the greater toll is the restrictions on seeing people because in a province of 5.1, million people where we have 350 people in the hospital because of COVID, right? We only have 9,000 active cases and the vast majority of people are recovering. Let me share some other stats for you. 69% of the deaths, the 540 deaths we had, 69% of those deaths are above age 80. 85% of the deaths are above age 70 and a full 96% of the deaths are above age 60. So this is the median age. The median age of people dying from COVID is 85. The life expectancy, just the normal life expectancy, is 79 years. I think it's 79 and a half years. That's the average life expectancy. So the median death from COVID is five years older than the average life expectancy. And yet, we right now are in a place where the government will literally fine you to go spend Christmas with your parents. Let me say that again, because that, 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 when I said that back to myself a couple days ago, that blew my mind. The government wants to fine you for spending Christmas with your parents. And somehow we're all okay with that. Like, look, I get this is a serious thing. It's very contagious, blah, 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 blah. But the point is people have the intelligence to be careful, right? We're all social distancing. We're all wearing masks. Yes, there's a certain percent of the population being dumb about this thing and not being careful. But... To remove that level of freedom from people where I can literally, I think the average fine I'm hearing is like $2,300 for hosting some kind of social gathering. I think it's supposed to be $200 a person for, for gathering violations or whatever it is, right? Um, but if I want to go spend Christmas with my wife and my parents and her parents, right? The government's going to fine us for doing that. Sorry, like 
the answer is no. That's not the government's right. Um, like my friend Natasha was talking about the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the Freedom Association and Peaceful Assembly don't go out the window because there's there's a provincial state of emergency, right? And listen, I guess I get that they have the legal power to do that under the state of emergency, according to BC, right? Um, they have the legal wherewithal to, to do that. Um, we don't have to be okay with that. We don't have to follow that. There's such a thing as a civil disobedience. If I were fined for something, I would have to pay the fine, right? Um, myself, I would probably challenge it because that's insane to me. That's insane that in a in a province of 5.1 million people where there are only 350 people currently hospitalized um, and the median age of death from this disease is 85 years old, yet I'm not allowed to spend time with my parents on Christmas Day, give me a break. The answer is no. Sorry. Um, and let me put this in perspective because I'm not just be, trying to be a jerk about this, right? Um, my grandpa passed away um, in February of this year. And his funeral was, I think, three or four days before the lockdown started. So if he had passed away like a couple of weeks later and had a funeral a couple of weeks later, I wouldn't have been able to attend the funeral of my own grandfather, pay respect to this man who was one of the best men I ever knew um, and who I loved very dearly my, my entire life. I want to tell you a little story. I'm not doing this. I'm not trying to use emotions to, to make a point because I'm not. that's something I kind of despise. But I, I want to make a point about... Um, Life is precious and you have to balance that out with fear, right? Um, my grandfather was, we all expected my grandfather to live, to, to live the longest out of my grandparents. He was the most vibrant, the most healthy, the most mentally acute. Um, he was still doing really well. He was at his old folks home and he stepped off a curb one day uh, backwards and he hit his head. And that hitting his head basically brought on dementia of some sorts, um, where he got, even though he was the most gentle soul I've ever known, he became really aggressive with his, with my grandma and with the nurses and, um, and he stopped eating and he just wasted away about a month and a half and he was gone from being the most healthy of my grandparents to hitting his head on the curb, hitting his head, falling off a curb. And, and that was it. Um, fast forward to my sister having her first child. We go to visit my grandpa's wife, his widow, right? My grandma, um, who is now because he's gone, her dementia is accelerating. And the way she had to meet her grandson was through a glass door of her old folks home. She couldn't talk to him or hold him. We were on speakerphone on other sides of a glass door. And that's how she got introduced to her grandson. She still has never held him. And this is months after her husband of, of 40, 50 years passed away. That shouldn't happen in a free society. Citizens have the intelligence to make good decisions on their own. And even if they don't, they should have the freedom to make stupid decisions. That shouldn't happen. You've had something like, since the start of the pandemic, you've had something like 2 million seniors who didn't have COVID-19 pass away without being able to see their families because their old folks' homes are entirely locked down, can't see them. Although most of these old folks' homes are getting COVID from staff bringing it into the old folks' home. That happened at my grandma's old folks' home, is staff brought it in, there was a lockdown, she wasn't able to see, she was actually allowed to see my aunt and only my aunt for the longest time. Um, even that was disallowed because there was one COVID case brought in by staff. But families aren't allowed to see their grandparents, um, even in a socially distanced scenario in real life, nothing like that. Um, even though children, like my sister's son, is not a carrier, the, the records, of, the rates of transmission from kids is like zero. And that's been proven over and over again. My grandma still has never hold, held her grandson. We as, as free-thinking, intelligent citizens 
should be given the choice whether to meet with my grandmother or not. Yes, we want to protect the old folks' home, of course, but there are other options aside from just disallowing things broadly, especially around, I guess, the holidays and you look at the mental health toll this has taken on people. Um, disallowing people to see their families um, is ridiculous. It's a totalitarian decision, and sorry. The answer is no. The answer is no. So let me make it clear that I'm not just trying to be a jerk about this and trying to, like, kill grandma. I'm not trying to treat this callously, but, like, people... Especially, especially the elderly people in, in old folks' homes have such a hard time living and not being close to their family already that this is taking a huge, huge toll on them. And yes, we want to be smart and protect them, but these broad sweeping regulations and the complete, basically discounting the intelligence of responsible citizens is ridiculous. I've heard the thing too, like World War II, like, oh, they, they, they fought through so much, like you can wear a mask, right? People in World War II gave up so much and endured so much hardship that you can wear the mask. Yeah, what were they doing that for? Freedom, liberty, right? They were doing it so the people at home could live free from a Nazi fascistic regime, right? They were doing it for freedom. We're over here clambering over each other in a virtue signaling race to give up as much freedom as possible and, and signal our compliance to the world on social media. Sorry, not, a, not the same thing. Not the same thing. When the government wants to fine you for spending Christmas with your parents or grandparents, no, no, sorry. Um, in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, right, I'll read this right off. Everyone has the following fundamental freedoms, freedom of conscience and religion, freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication, um, which you see even that stuff like on Twitter and Facebook, there are all those little caveats where if you post something with uh, talking about coronavirus, talking about the election, whatever, um, they go, this is this claim is disputed and they just gen like link to a general article. Um, that's, that's like me being on the phone with my mom saying, yeah, have you heard about uh, some of the cases of fraud during the election? And then someone on like the, from the phone company jumping and going actually that's disputed uh, election fraud is very rare blah 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 that's ridiculous right um they're censoring or like providing context for that's none of that's not the right to provide context it's a it's a means of communication right um yes they're a private company but um laws state that you're either a publisher or a, you're either a publisher or a platform. If you're a platform, you can't editorialize. You can't just provide context and jump into people's phone conversations, essentially, is the analogy, um, without being held legally responsible for that. If you're editorializing, if you're if you're controlling content, you have to be held legally liable for everything that's on your platform. Do you think they want to be held to that? Do you think they want that accountability? No, they don't. Then they have to stop acting like it. Because you can't have your cake and eat it too. This is this is not that's not how the laws work, right? It's either you're a platform and you can't con and you're not responsible for the content on your platform, or you're a publisher, right? And you and if you want to control people's speech, then you have to be regulated like a publisher, right? Um, so the freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression is being big tech is having is throwing a huge wrench into that. Um, Freedom of peaceful assembly, right? We can touch on uh, apparently all these protests and stuff are fine in massive cities where people aren't social distance, a lot of times not wearing masks. Um, but churches are being prevented from gathering, right? Um, they have like caps on 50 social distance and stuff. And I get I get a lot of that, but you can't, again, have your cake and eat it too. Why is a, why is a protest allowed um, when churches aren't being allowed to gather? Peaceful assemblies, that right is that right is being trampled on. Um, freedom of association, right? Again, I'll say this again. The government wants to find you for spending Christmas with your family. 
say that in a context where you haven't been beaten over the head by a biased media for eight months. Um, how is that okay in a free society? It's not. It's just not. And I treat this disease seriously. But sorry, province of 5.1 million people and only 350 are in the hospital? You can spend Christmas with my parents. <laughs> like, give me a break. Um, even Bonnie Henry, right? Because you talk about, okay, we only have 206 ICU beds uh, and there's like 77 in ICU beds right now. Um, she even mentioned, and this is a quote from her back when the pandemic started, right? So um, in 2009, the spread of the H1N1 pandemic, right? It left, there's a ton of young people on ventilators. Um, uh, and I have links to all the articles from BC Local News. Um, I have links to all my sources in the description. But um, this, is, this is a quote from the article, quoting Bonnie Henry. This is something we can do if we need to, she said. In 2009, she said we had a lot of young people who needed ventilatory care and it would have overwhelmed our ICU capacity, but hospitals developed plans around the province because it wasn't affecting every ICU at the same time. It was the same situation as now, right? Um, even and even their, their ability to do this, right, under the Emergency Program Act and Public Health Act in BC, they, they're written pretty vaguely, so they're pretty broad sweeping regulatory powers right now, which is why they can say you can't see your parents on Christmas without being fined. It's not allowed to happen. Um, it doesn't mean we can't speak up about it, right? Sorry, time is precious. Time is precious. Like people can go anytime. COVID should be proving that to us. So am I going to be separating myself from my family uh, during something where the chances of passing away are, are, are even greater than normal? Hell no. I want to spend every second I have with, I want to spend as much time as I can with my family. Um, and right now, we're not allowed to do it during Christmas time. Frick off. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. But that's honestly, like, this is why it requires some kickback from, from citizens, right? Maybe some civil disobedience. Because in my opinion, and maybe legally, sure, it is not the purview of the government to tell me I'm not allowed to see my parents at Christmas time. Citizens are, citizens should have the liberty to be responsible and make intelligent decisions for themselves. And that's massive overreach, in my opinion. Um, and this is maybe not the case with Bonnie Henry, but I found this is a hilarious story, I think. Um, that just shows a lot of these people making the decisions don't actually believe this whole thing, right? And again, I'm not talking about Bonnie Henry here. Gavin Newsom is the governor, the clown governor of California. Uh, I don't know if you heard this story, but he was, uh, he was taking, people took pictures of him at a restaurant called the French Laundry, where the average meal is like three, $400. Um, they had a $15,000 liquor bill. Um, no social distancing, no masks, nothing. Turns out he was actually meeting. He was like, oh, I had a really good friend who was having like a 50th birthday or whatever. It turns out to be this turns out to be a bunch of lobbyists. Um, and I'm not saying everyone's hypocritical, right? This guy has a 10 p.m. curfew in California. A uh, bunch of restaurants went out to like make all these outdoor dining spaces. They closed that down entirely. You can't do even outdoor dining anymore. It's only takeout or delivery. They're just screwing over small businesses. 10 p.m. to I think 5 a.m. curfew. Um, blah, blah, like it's oppressive in California. The restrictions are even worse than they are here. Uh, and yet this guy gets photographed at one of the one of the most expensive restaurants in California, not wearing masks, not social distancing. People are hypocrites. I won't even, do I fault them for that? Yeah, sure, right? The guy's being a jerk, right? Um, and a hypocrite, but it belies how serious they think this actually is. If you believed that COVID was as serious as you're telling everyone it is with the restrictions you're putting in place, as soon as you walk into a restaurant, we see oh, no one's wearing masks and we're all at one table sitting close together. Sorry, I'm scared. I don't want my family to get this. This is a really dangerous disease. I'm out of here, right? That's what you would do if you believed this was real. 
He doesn't. He doesn't believe it himself. Most of these people do not believe it themselves because do as I say, not as I do, right? That's that's what this whole philosophy is with a lot of these bureaucrats. Um, and when you look at the numbers, that bears that out. The amount of damage this is done to the economy and to small businesses and to mental health and drug abuse and child abuse and um, alcohol abuse and all this kind of stuff. Grandparents passing away without getting to see their families first. Sorry, this is massive government overreach on a huge scale that North America hasn't seen. Um, and we need to stop just complying and handing over our freedoms in a race to be the model citizen. Give me a break. If you're a foodie, uh, good food is hands down the best food subscription box my wife and I've tried and we've tried, I'm pretty sure all of them <laughs> that are available where we live. And uh, it's hands down restaurant quality, like fine dining, make it yourself at home with all the ingredients you need. Uh, it's phenomenal. And uh, if you use the link below, um, you'll get a $40 discount uh, on your first box. Definitely worth trying. It's priced great. It tastes great. Phenomenal. So enjoy some good food. Um, moving from that to elections, which again, it's just been a stream of like <laughs> rough elections. In BC here, the NDP got in, which is like a socialist leaning, um, like socialist light province, um, which means we still have a state run uh, car insurance monopoly called ICBC, which everyone's fed up with and they're going to keep it intact. Um, Canada, like I said in the intro, Trudeau, uh, his government, because the federal NDP sided with him, uh, passed the non-confidence vote, um, sorry, survived the non-confidence vote. So we're stuck with him until his term ends. Um, this whole Biden and Trump thing in the States. So, uh, what struck me as interesting about that was that, um, this whole, there was this whole rush where all the news outlets announced Biden as the winner way before it was actually certified. It's been certified now in a lot of provinces, even though there's actually ongoing litigation. Obviously, Trump is suing a whole bunch of different states for election fraud, which might be true, might not be true, right? I'm honestly still undecided. I still haven't seen, the, I've seen evidence for it in small batches. I've seen a lot of evidence in kind of small cases. Nothing on the scale that would lead me to believe there was massive widespread election fraud to turn over the results of the election. But that's still up in the air, right? Um, so, but this is like now, this is weeks ago that the media declared Biden as president. This is before province or states had even certified their election results, um, which again, just shows the corruption of the media. They're, they're just a joke. Legacy media is no longer a source of truth. And if you're still listening to places like in the States, CNN, MSNBC is at least honest because they, they know they're left. Um, even Fox used to be like the right wing conservative, blah, blah, blah. It's like even they're kind of losing it. Um, but like all the main news, Guardian, the New York Times, a joke. The LA, the, a lot of them are just a joke. CTV, CBC up here are a joke again. Um, and there's just example after example after example of them just lying through their teeth. Um, and and verifiably, right? They're just not good at, they're not, they're not good actors anymore. Um, the media used to be speaking truth to power and it's now it's, speaking lies for power basically is what legacy media has become um which is why i started this podcast which is why i listen to the sources that i do um i'm not just talking about conservative sources right i'm talking about find sources that you find honest on both sides which is what i've tried to do and that's why i come down in the middle a lot um legacy media is just a joke right they're just they just lie constantly, constantly, whether it's about, I mean, we had four, three or four years of lies about the whole Russian collusion thing that everyone forgot about Russian collusion for Trump because it just went away. Um, 
but then Hunter Biden, Biden's son, um, uh, there's actually like verifiable evidence um, with his whole the whole Hunter Biden laptop story that they're like he's making deals with Chinese and Russian companies, being paid huge amounts by um, oil companies. Um, and where is that money going? Right? Somehow Joe Biden was making like 300 grand a year as vice president, but he's made 16 million since he was the vice president. Give me a break. What was book sales? Okay, <laughs> not a chance. Um, and that actually brings up a good point is that I, I keep hearing too, even from people I like love and respect, the like the smart and intelligent people, right? I keep saying like, oh, I made the joke in the intro that um, Biden's just a man of character and it's so good to have decency and back in the White House. And it's like, what are you talking about? This dude, this dude, first of all, has lied his entire political career. There's lies about him, the way he graduated from college, how well he did in college, what degrees he had. He lies about all that. Um, the crime bill, which was notorious for like jailing people in the black community for like minor drug offenses, thanks to Joe Biden. Um, Kamala Harris, again, this whole character argument, she slept, she started, she was like given these two like high positions by Willie Brown, who is this 60 year old married guy that she slept with, like she slept her way into power, but uh, they just seem like decent, good people. It's like, no, it's because the entire media conglomerate is covering for them and you're falling for it, right? There's nothing good or, I'm not saying Trump's a better option as far as character goes. He's done some gross stuff. I'm not a fan of that, right? His policies have been a lot better than I thought they would be in 2016. Um, like I mentioned it in the intro again, right? Record unemployment for minorities. Uh, peace in the Middle East. There's like record-making peace deals in the in the Middle East that like no one. Obama's like that was, well, that'll never be. Those will never happen, right? Um, it happened under Trump. Uh, lowest black unemployment in 60 years. Female unemployment, like unemployment generally, right? Um, best economy the U.S. has ever seen before the coronavirus, and then one of the most record-breaking recoveries that the U.S. has ever seen from a, from a downfall, right, from a recession. Um, so it's like there's been a lot of good stuff that you never hear about, uh, but Biden and Kamala are decent, good people that have done a lot. Kamala Harris is running around jailing minorities for, um, she was denying evidence to be shown at trials um, so that prison sentences could be extended because they have state labor, like prison labor in, in California. Um and so, like, not good people, corrupt, disgusting. I could go on and on with examples like this, right? Um, it's ridiculous. Even Biden, there's, like, videos of this guy, like, touching little girls' chests. You can look it up. Just look up, like, Biden touching girls on YouTube. And it's gross. The dude's, like, a freak. He's a, he's a total creep, right? Um, and I'm not saying Trump isn't, right? Again, but that I see, like, good, even, like, Christian people going, like, Biden's a good guy. Like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's a he's been he's been living on the public dime for forty seven years, lying through his teeth the whole time and being a creep, like funneling the money to his family. Give me a break. Um, really quick note on the debates because this is a while ago now, but I just thought this was kind of funny. Because um, I've always been I've always been pretty like super anti politician, but somehow like the media, like an angry toddler vying for attention, has usurped uh, my hatred for <laughs> for politicians. Um, but um, so like. What happens with with Trump, right? Savannah Guthrie was the one um, basically interviewing him, right? Um, and uh, for the town, basically they had basically had like separate town halls, right? So Savannah Guthrie was with Trump, and then Lester Holt was with Biden. Um, in Trump's, uh, Savannah keeps like cutting him off when he's talking to voters, so she keeps she's like fact checking him in real life, even though most of her fact checking is bogus, um, and using like a ton of like these really incredibly specific like anecdotal pieces of evidence or like isolated case studies um 
I, in Trump's especially too is like they had basically someone framed there was this black lady in the background uh, who's like nodding at everything Trump says like clearly a Trump supporter right and they as the, as the town hall goes on they they eventually like frame her out to like include the white lady in this background who's like looking really stoic and stern and blah. but they're like because this black lady in the background like yeah Trump yeah yeah like nodding her head the whole time they frame up the black lady as the debate as the town hall goes on to include this like white lady who looks pissed off the whole time right um which is again listen to black voices hypocrites you're lying right you're lying that was a black voice nodding in support of Trump and you framed her out of the shot because that's not so good for your narrative right um and then in Biden's, Biden's just basically getting handled, like handed softball questions the entire time, right? I think he said at one point he said like 210 million people have died from COVID. Um, 210 million people is two thirds of the population of the U.S., which is clearly not true. And he misspoke again, but he has dementia pretty much, so he's always misspeaking, and no one cares, no one talks about it. Um, basically, all the Trump, all the questions Trump gets asked are framed to make him look bad, whereas. Biden, even the questions asked of Biden are framed to make Trump look bad as well, right? Um, he's constantly, like Trump's constantly cut off, fact-checked. Um, Biden never is. He's allowed to talk. Even like, even the way that's framed, it's like the whole Trump town hall was like, just like static shot, static shot, static shot, really boring, really like straightforward. Whereas Biden, they're doing like these sweeping camera angles and like he gets up and addresses the crowd and it's all dramatic and just like getting these like wide, wide angle shots. And it's just like the production in these two town halls, like the production difference is insane, right? They're like framing out supporters in one uh, and making it really boring and not fun to watch. And then the other one, they're like, throwing softball questions at him the whole time giving these like wide epic sweeping camera angles like anyways it was just funny the bias to me was just insane right i'm not a trump apologist uh in a lot of ways i'll defend his policies a lot of time because i think they're great uh happy to debate people on that right because um, most people just don't hear don't they don't know the good things right they just simply don't know the good things which is why i want to talk about them but um yeah um there was a moment where lester holt actually uh basically like called Biden out on like name calling to his credit. It was like the only time Lester Holt spoke up. Right? Like I said, Savannah Guthrie was like constantly fact checking Trump um, with or without basis. Lester Holt was silent the entire time. Just let Biden talk, right? And again, not gonna ask you to trust me. If you're interested in these, go watch them yourselves, right? If I was lying to you, I wouldn't tell you to go watch them for yourself. So just ask you to trust me blindly. But I find that that's always the conservative position is do your own research and like look it up and verify it. Whereas a lot of times the left media a lot of times leftist media just wants you to trust them right they assume you're stupid um and we'll listen to them and it's time to wake up the one thing i did want to address is i've heard this over and over and over again and this is why i say like there's this is why biden's just a liar period right you can accuse trump of that too sure but don't don't delude yourself about biden not being one as well um he kept using the fine people on both sides lie like right up to the town halls like right up to the election he keeps bringing up this that Trump said there were fine people, very fine people on both sides. What he's referring to is Charlottesville, where there was basically um, there was a protest about statues, Confederate statues being ripped down. And so you had a bunch of like there were actual white supremacists and actual neo-Nazis at that at that protest. Right. Um, and then there were some people that were just like upset about an historic statue being ripped down in their city, right? Because some people think that statues should be left up so that whether they're good or bad, so that you can have that conversation and go, hey, that one, that guy wasn't a good guy. 
they loved him back then, but he was a piece of crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Keep the statue up to have that story told, right? Um, so there were people just there protesting that the statue shouldn't be ripped down. Um, and then there was the other side was uh, a lot of Antifa people, which are like a violent terrorist group. Um, that they're the ones responsible for like burning cities like Portland and Seattle and there's tons in LA and Chicago and stuff, just like Kenosha, just burning places, burning, literally burning stores and stuff to the ground. Um, they're a radical leftist group. Um, and then there were some people that were protesting against the fact that there were white supremacists and neo-Nazis out there, right? Of course. So what, what Trump was referring to is he said there were very fine people on both sides. There's people protesting white supremacy and there were people protesting statues getting ripped down. Those are good causes, right? White supremacy is gross. You should protest that. Statues being ripped down, you can make a good case for protesting that, right? Um, he literally said, Trump said this in the next sentence, if you watch the whole clip, and I'm amazed this lie has been told for three or four years by the media and Biden right up till the election night was telling this lie. Don't tell me he's ignorant or didn't know that Trump clarified because you're like, you're running for president of the United States. Like the guy's got good sources. That's not a, that's not an excuse when you're running for a position like that. Um, Trump in the very next sentence goes, there's very fine people on both sides. And I'm specifically not talking about the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, I condemn them totally, right? And that's pretty much an exact quote. Again, you can look it up. He, If you watch the whole clip, that's literally what he says. He's specifically not talking about the white supremacists or the neo-Nazis, and he condemns them totally. He condemns white supremacy and neo-Nazism all the time. And yet the media and Biden and Kamala Harris were accusing him of tacitly endorsing white supremacy like the entire they're just lying they're just lying to you because they think you're stupid they think you won't do the research um and you'll just trust them blindly which unfortunately a lot of people do right um just not true just not true um to kind of sum up today's episode right think for yourself for crying out loud don't accept what you hear from politicians or bureaucrats or journalists because they barely deserve the title these days think for yourself do your own research. It's the reason I have a podcast like this is because most people don't care about politics, right? That's fine. Um, I hope I can make this entertaining and fun and digestible enough to reach people uh, with an opinion that is not as common because um, most of the stuff I talked about today, people I know don't know, right? Um, again, not their fault. I don't expect everyone to be as interested in this stuff as I am. Um, but when it starts to go to places where freedoms are being trampled on, right? You can't go spend Christmas with your parents without getting a fine from the government um, over a disease where the median age of death is 85 years old, right? You have like a 99.9% .9 of, of not dying from COVID. Um, yes, you should be careful, right? Yes, you shouldn't be a jerk because it's a contagious disease and you should be careful. You should put it in places. Um, you should be cautious. Um, but death is a reality, Death has always been a reality. And when you look at how much we are asked, being asked to sacrifice, um, our small businesses, our goals and dreams, our finances, uh, the taxes are going to increase crazily with the amount of stimulus packages that, um, that have been used to recover from the lockdowns that probably didn't need to be there. Um, when it starts to affect freedom and liberty um, and our ability to be free-thinking individuals in a free society, um, you should be more well-informed. You really should be. And this is a time where we need to start knowing the facts ourselves um, and we need to start speaking up about them because just going along with a mainstream narrative that is 
constantly false and constantly disingenuous uh, and with politicians who are very willing to take advantage of that fact. Um, I'm not saying all of them are. I think Bonnie Henry has made a lot of decisions in good faith. Um, but I think this one goes too far. I really do because there are other things to consider um, past just getting sick from COVID, spending time with family, aging family, um, the toll it's taken on mental health. You can't just take people's freedoms and expect them to go quietly. Um, and too many of us are. And I think it's really scary how quickly we're willing to give up our freedom. Look, things like elections, when they don't go your way, can be scary. Things like COVID, obviously, can be scary. Um, but even in the case of COVID, right? Because you have epidemiologists still deciding and disagreeing about this kind of thing. Um, I'm more troubled by how willing our populace is to hand over our freedoms to bureaucrats, um, sometimes blatantly ignoring epidemiologists um, or even listening to epidemiologists who have been observably political, right? Um, unfortunately, we have disingenuous politicians and disingenuous journalists, disingenuous academics that truth is harder and harder to find these days. And we should be less and less willing to accept the truth as we're told at face value. Um, please listen to things like alternative media. If you're just listening to legacy media, stop. They're not, they are not good faith actors anymore. Um, tune into podcasts like this. Turn in, tune into alternative media. People actually doing good journalistic work. Um, you can tell when someone's actually got a basis in, in reality um, because their stuff holds up under examination and so much of legacy media and so much of what politicians are saying these days uh, doesn't hold up under any scrutiny. Um, and yet they're using those things to trample on more and more of our freedoms slowly. It's like a frog. It's like that old story of the frog in water, right? If you throw a frog in boiling water, um, he jumps out right away, right? Because it burns him. But if you put a frog in cold water and you slowly boil him, He'll stay in there until he boils to death. And that's, I think, what's happening is, is certain politicians and, and the media are using this whole COVID excuse, this whole electoral nonsense all over the place um, to see how far they can go, to see how much they can get away with. It's it's power. It's So many of them are power hungry and control hungry. Um, they're just seeing what they can get away with. And I think we should be very careful of it if we want to maintain a free society. I'm not trying to be paranoid or a conspiracy theorist, but you read history and you learn how fragile democracies like ours are. Um, and we should be very mindful of that. Liberty is not the default. Freedom is not the default for society. We have been violent and controlling um, our entire history. And what we have, we should recognize is very special and we should treat it that way. Freedom is rare. Liberty is rare. And... Those are gifts that many of us are much too entitled about. So wanted to provide a fresh perspective today. Again, continue to live with irreverence and joy. Have some fun. I know things are scary and crazy right now, but spend time with your family. Hold them close. Love them dearly. Laugh with them. Those are the things that matter, and we should cling to them very tightly, and we should fight for our liberty and fight for our families. And... I hope you all have an excellent week and we'll see you again soon. Take care.
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's Hemlock Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. Tell them to subscribe because if you loved it, then they're going to love it too, obviously. Also, head on over to iTunes to leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps us a lot with the charts. And if you're not going to leave us five stars, then forget about it. Don't worry about it and enjoy the rest of your day. Lastly, head on over to the hemlockpodcast.locals.com to become a supporter and receive access to exclusive content and ad-free versions of the Hemlock Podcast. Love you so much for listening. Let's continue to ride out this increasingly insane world with irreverence and joy. This is your host, Patrick Jolliker, and bye. Much love, y'all. Peace.